I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Hey, listen, welcome to Facebook Live. I owe you a 14-minute apology. I am so sorry that I am late. Typically, I have been trying to start these right at 10 o'clock. In fact, I have a very precise uh, clock up in the corner of my computer screen, and as soon as it is 10 o'clock and zero seconds, that's when I hit go live. Today, though, had to postpone things a a little bit because I was helping out my friends, uh, Dave and Debbie. They're on the air right now uh, on KSL News Radio. They're on the air right now talking about uh, something very important, and they asked me to uh, to jump in and have a little conversation with them. It has to do with elective medical procedures. There is a press conference coming today at four o'clock, and we'll cover it on KSL News Radio and uh, here on Facebook. You can get all the information you need. Uh, but here in Utah, the uh, the Utah Hospital Association will be making uh, an announcement today at four o'clock uh, after. They uh, have created guidelines for doctors to follow as they get elective medical procedures back on the books. It's so very important that this take place. Let me tell you why. First off, that word elective. Uh, In my humble opinion, we made a grave error in selecting that word elective at the onset of this whole coronavirus. We should not have been calling many of these procedures which have been canceled elective. They are necessary to saving lives. Let me tell you what I mean. I had a conversation the other day with a friend of mine uh, named Dr. Stephen Mobley. In fact, he'll be a guest again on my program today, and we're going to talk at greater length uh, about what it means to get these elective medical procedures back on the books. He described something uh, that left me nearly speechless. Uh, I could not believe, uh, because I hadn't considered this. I don't have a, a medical mind. I don't know exactly what you know an elective procedure is, nor did I have any understanding of how broad a category of medical procedure uh, elective uh, is. Let me put it to you this way. This is what Dr. Mobley told me. Uh, so in the United States, there are about a million and a half uh, colonoscopies administered uh, each month. Of those million and a half plus Uh, colonoscopies which are administered here in the United States, there are about 10,000 discoveries of possible malignancy. Meaning each month it is discovered that potentially 10,000 Americans could be suffering from a cancer that is on its way through their body. Now in some places in the United States, for the past two months, we've had those types of procedures Uh, canceled or postponed. That means we've given up some ground on the spread of this cancer. Now, it'll be up to, uh, you know, the real smart folks 
uh, people like Angela Dunn, epidemiologist here in the state of Utah, or on the federal level, people like Dr. Fauci, uh, <clears throat> uh, the Surgeon General, uh, CDC director, to analyze and decide what is worth what <clears throat> is the tactics or are the tactics we are using to combat the coronavirus and uh, lower <clears throat> the death count uh, attributed to that virus, uh, has it been worth uh, what may be uh, some deaths that have come about due to the postponement or cancellation of these elective procedures? It, it breaks my heart that we talk and analyze uh, our, our movements and our strategies as we respond to this coronavirus in terms of human life. Um, we're not accustomed to that. We are uh, technologically advanced to a point where, you know, we can combat most of what nature throws our way. You know, uh, as history has marched on, our life expectancy uh, has increased. We are on average uh, an older population today, or at least we have the capacity to live longer uh, today than at any time in history. Life expectancy is very, very good here in the United States and around the world, at least as you compare it to history. And we're doing very well uh, compared to the rest of the world here in the United States. Uh, infant mortality uh, and maternal mortality. Uh, more babies and mothers are surviving now uh, than at any time in history. And that is all attributable to the advanced the advancements made in the in the medical community, uh, training, tactics, technology—it's all uh, been improving. And when I, I say that to highlight this this point that uh, you and I have a difficult time uh, making judgment calls between uh, should we focus our energies in combating the coronavirus or should we uh, be allowing for the capacity of our medical system to be strained by uh, continuing to. Uh, hold these elective procedures. Luckily, that is a debate uh, which has already been had. Uh, that is yesterday's news. Uh, today's news is that we are reopening elective surgeries uh, to some degree. We will learn exactly to what degree and which guidelines will be used to get back in the business of elective procedures today as it is announced. Those guidelines, at least, are announced by the Utah Hospital Association. We'll cover it on KSL News Radio. Uh, you'll be able to find uh, information on that at our website, kslnewsradio.com, and certainly we'll distribute that information via the social media channels, including this channel, KSL News Radio, as well as my own, uh, Lee Lonsberry. <clears throat> uh, and I'm very much looking forward to that. That's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And one last plug for my, my own show on this topic. Uh, today, at just after 2.30, uh, my guest again will be uh, Dr. Stephen Mobley. He's a, a facial plastic surgeon um, uh, and has a, a long, long background uh, in these types of procedures, uh, not only uh, in the, the facial plastic surgery realm, but uh, well, well beyond. He's a, a master uh, at explaining these things in terms that you and I can understand. And I look forward to that conversation again uh, on my program on KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM here in Utah, if you're listening, and then online at kslnewsradio.com. Uh, and one last, uh, uh, one last way you can listen is via the KSL News Radio app. That's powered by Any Hour Services. You can download that on, uh, on your Android phone, your Apple device, 
or whatever. Anyway, so I hope to hear, uh, hope to chat with you then. Um, Chelsea just asked, elective surgeries starting when? Uh, I cannot give you an exact answer to that question, but uh, we will get dramatically closer to uh, the answer to your question at four o'clock today, at least here in the state of Utah. We'll be hearing from the Utah Hospital Association, which has been tasked uh, by Governor Gary Herbert to create guidelines for doctors to follow as we take a step towards uh, making elective uh, procedures available again uh, to everyone. And so uh, keep an eye, Chelsea, uh, on things at about four o'clock. Please tune into uh, KSL News Radio and uh, we'll get closer to answering your question. Hopefully uh, by this afternoon, uh, we will have a definitive answer. We will certainly uh, have a, at least a closer understanding uh, by this time or by this afternoon. So Chelsea, thanks for the question. Good one. We'll hopefully get that answered here today. Uh, now, Listen, I only have about eight minutes left, and I want to talk to you about a few other topics we're going to cover on today's program. Uh, one of them has to do with uh, Lagoon, or at least the, the principle I'd like to discuss uh, starts at Lagoon. There was a story uh, just yesterday on KSL television. Uh, it was a story by Matt Gephardt, you know, uh, investigative reporter, doing some excellent work in his uh, first few months here at KSL Television. Uh, I've really become a big fan of his. Again, Matt Gephardt, he did a story yesterday uh, about Lagoon and specifically a family who had purchased a, uh, a packet of season tickets. Cost the family about $500. And if, if you're a Lagoon fan, uh, you know that Lagoon was scheduled to open about nine days ago. Well, in this coronavirus era, uh, Lagoon, as well as many other places, have had to postpone their opening. And uh, that family, who had shelled out $500 around Christmas time to buy the family season passes, uh, they would like their money refunded, or at least a portion of that money. <clears throat> they feel as though uh, they purchased a service, uh, they purchased access to a service and a form of recreation, and as they are unable to enjoy that, they would like their money back. Well, uh, Lagoon's response is, hey, uh, well, well, first off, it may change. Uh, if, you, if you watched the report last night, Matt Gephardt said that he did get word late that uh, Lagoon is analyzing their approach to this. Their initial response, though, was, listen, if you read the fine print, we do make it very, very clear that refunds are not an option. You purchase uh, these season tickets from us, they are non-refundable. And listen, I'm sensitive to that. You know, it's called fine print, not invisible print. Okay, the, the, the terms of the agreement were made known to the purchaser. And we are uh, going through some unprecedented times. All right. Uh, and the burden imposed on us by these unprecedented times, by this social distancing due to this, or <laughs> also this massive disruption uh, the economy is facing, uh, that is not specific to the consumer. It's also being felt by uh, businesses. And Lagoon is, is a business, and it is a business that provides wonderful enjoyment to so many families. Uh, yours, I'm sure, included. I'm sure you spent some summer days at Lagoon. Um, and I, it, it breaks my heart because I, I know that, uh, you know, <clears throat> you want to uh, uh, defend the consumer, and I will do just that. But I also, in these times, have to emphasize the importance of uh, defending the, the business. All right, If we want Lagoon to be around next year, 
or, and, and I, I use Lagoon only as an example because Matt Gephardt did all that great legwork of uh, tracking down uh, the folks involved and hearing their sides of the story. Uh, but it is true uh, anywhere. If you have purchased a service or maybe a concert ticket or something like that, or uh, for me personally, if you have purchased uh, uh, entry into, uh, say, a marathon or a 10K or something like that, they're all canceled and they're all trying to figure out how they can stay in business. And so maybe, maybe with a little bit of patience and a little bit of sacrifice, uh, it can be a give and take thing. And we can be okay losing out on maybe a month or two of our access to Lagoon uh, and not making a big stink over uh, demanding uh, repayment or refunding of our season ticket prices. And we can get uh, maybe our money's worth uh, towards the end of the season once we've got this coronavirus uh, in control and behind us and we can return to some semblance of normalcy. All right. There are folks uh, that need to be paid to keep that thing running. And uh, your season ticket monies, uh, at least the money that you put towards purchasing your season tickets uh, around Christmas time is the money that's helping uh, to keep this thing alive. All right. Uh, I know times are tough for you at home. Uh, they're tough for me. I'm frustrated. Uh, it, it's a tough time, uh, but it is equally, if not more so, difficult for businesses who have had their revenue streams essentially halted. You know, this <laughs> payroll protection plan uh, looks like the Democrats and the Republicans have come to an agreement. And they may be voting on that uh, uh, tomorrow, and that's helping a little bit. But there uh, are other revenue streams that uh, are absolutely halted for so many businesses, and it breaks my heart. And I am of the mind. Uh, to, to cut them a little bit of slack. And I invite you to do the same, or at least at least when you, when you feel the urge or the prompting to, to make a stink, uh, uh, try just for a moment to put yourself in the shoes of the business owner or the employee at that business. Uh, they're going through a tough time too. We are in this together. And if we are understanding of one another's circumstances, I think we're going to come out ahead uh, and everyone uh, will, will be able to enjoy at least some measure of happiness and success. All right. So uh, I, I'm asking for just a little bit of understanding um, that uh, companies are not the bad guys. They're just trying to stay afloat uh, like you and me. Uh, time has almost expired. I want to tell you in the last minute or two I have here uh, on this Facebook Live, I'm going to be speaking to a representative from uh, Utah's Hogle Zoo, friend of mine, Erica Hansen, spokesperson for the zoo. Uh, she is going to talk to us uh, about two things. First off, uh, it, it, we're going to talk about Tiger King. You know that show? Uh, it's like this Netflix documentary series, uh, some lunatics <laughs> running a wild cat farm. Uh, it, it's crazy stuff, uh, the, the documentary series. And it has, uh, turns out, a real world uh, impact on zoos. And the, the zoos across the country, in particular Hogel Zoo, uh, and my friend Erica Hansen have some strong feelings uh, on some of the things uh, that are presented in that documentary series and some of the things that you and I learn about uh, the business of, of big cats. Uh, fascinating stuff. Also, uh, the zoo would like you to know that they uh, are still doing things that you can enjoy. You may not be able to go visit uh, the animals there at the zoo, uh, but they've got some online offerings. Uh, so we'll take a few minutes to share with you what is available to you to enjoy uh, through Utah's Hogle Zoo. That's coming up on today's episode of live Mike, I think we're at episode 91. That's pretty good. Moving right along. Uh, I will take air at one o'clock, uh, from one o'clock to three o'clock. It'll be you and I chatting. There will be a press conference as there is every day at 1.30. We'll bring that to you so you are up to speed on all the important information uh, delivered by the smart folks here in the state uh, to include 
of course, Dr. Angela Dunn, state epidemiologist, big fan of hers. Uh, she'll deliver some new data today. Uh, that'll be in the midst of my program, Live Mike, which airs on KSL News Radio, 1 o'clock to 3. That's it for me. Uh, I'll see you on the radio, and then I'll see you back here tomorrow at 10 a.m. on Facebook Live. You take it easy. Bye-bye.